Welcome to the Funky Cold Hoops Podcast, brought to you by Prism, the makers of the disputable take. Here is your host, Matthew Medina. Thank you, and welcome to the first edition of Funky Cold Hoops Podcast. Let's do it. I'm your host, Matthew Medina. I'm sure you know who I am now. If you're listening to this one, you probably heard all of the other shows that are on the Prism Network. Uh, this is the newest one uh, in the absence of the disputable take. Uh, this is going to kind of supplement the hoops talk that uh, that I enjoy having. So uh, this is going to be a, a, a basketball-only podcast. Obviously, the name comes from... The name of the, the podcast comes from my last name, Medina, Funky Cold Medina. It works. My seventh grade English teacher called me on my first day of English in seventh grade. I had no idea what the song was, and she told me I wasn't ready to hear it. Then I heard it, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. But it stuck every now and then. Someone calls me Funky Cold Medina. So um, that's what we're going to call this one for now until I find out somebody else has the name, and then I'm kind of screwed. Um, but, yeah, this is part of the PRISM Network. Um you know, like I said, we have a couple other shows. We have soccer. Well, we have one that talks general sports. But I love basketball. I love watching basketball. I love talking about basketball. Um, just like the whole game. And it's probably because I suck at it. You know, I can't shoot if my life depended on it. Like, it, if if they t- gave a ball in my hand and said, if you make this shot, you're going to live. And if you miss a shot, you're going to die. I'm probably going to die because I just, I can't shoot. I can kind of do everything else. I can pass. I can rebound. I can bang in the post. I'm kind of short, so it doesn't really help me out there too much but you know i'm like a mini 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 charles barkley so minus the scoring but i just love the game of basketball i love watching it i love the mono mono. i love the way it moves the game is always something going on you know and i like the way the players can express themselves that's why i grew into liking soccer a lot they're very similar to a degree there's just a lot more scoring in basketball um but we're gonna kind of just dive right in we're gonna talk playoffs because that's what's going on right now i'm not gonna talk about any of the teams that didn't make the playoffs they don't matter anymore so we're gonna talk playoffs and obviously the first place you have to start with what's going on in the playoffs is out east and in my hometown state the commonwealth what's going on with the beantown uh, celtics there fitzy tommy any of you guys got anything out there for me um you've watched the series and you've watched the games and we you know you can say well we saw this coming i didn't pick them to win the finals i didn't like them but I thought they were going to at least beat um, the Bulls. Uh, in the other podcast, that, you know, in the Disputable Take, we had a, a trade deadline segment, and we talked about the Celtics. I blasted them for not getting Jimmy Butler, who is killing them now, coincidentally, or getting Paul George. I, from what I, I, again, I don't have any sources, not yet. Um, from what you read and what you see, it seemed more likely that he was available. Now, there are some conf- conflicting reports on what on who was and who was not available for what i read they look like they were available now i have you know to be fair let's say they didn't they weren't available because i have heard um another podcast you know bill simmons noted celtics homer though let's be real says that the pacers weren't picking up the phone every time the celtics called i find that hard to believe but okay let's give them the benefit of the doubt I had a thought about it. I was thinking about this, and I actually said this at the trade deadline, why they didn't make a move for one player. And I've only heard one other person actually bring it up between the the shows that I listen to and the podcast I listen to. It was Jason Concepcion uh, at The Ringer. You know who would really look good in Boston Green right now? Nerland's Noel. Um, he's from Massachusetts, too, so he'd be looking good right now playing for his hometown team. And 
you can't tell me that he wasn't available because he was traded for the most protected first round pick I've ever seen. It almost feels like it was a protected one through 30 first round pick. What? I mean, that that pick that, that Dallas gave up to Philadelphia is going to turn into two second round picks. So they gave up nothing. They gave up nothing for Nerlens Noel. And obviously Jimmy Butler and Paul George, either one of them or both, and I believe they could have got both. They have enough assets. They could have they gotten both of them. Um, but even if you didn't think that you could have got them and you didn't want to mortgage the future for, you know, whatever reason, um, why didn't you go get Nerlens Noel? They don't have anybody that can grab a rebound consistently. And when I mean re I mean a real legit rebounder. Um, you know, this is what's hurting them. This is what's been their problem all season. They can't rebound at all. And they're really dependent on shooting. And when you can't defend, sometimes your offense seems to fail you. So I don't understand why they, they didn't get him. It's not just that they needed rim protection. They need Isaiah Thomas protection, too, because, you know, this isn't no secret, but he's terrible at defending. So, obviously, his the guy he's defending is going to get past him all the time. You need someone to guard the guy when he gets to the rim. He's lighting it up. So, um, and Newell can go on the perimeter. You can switch him, too. Like, you can't do a, a, a pick and roll and try to isolate your guard on a point on a on a big, which is what a lot of teams like to do with Nerlens Noel, because he can guard wings. I mean, he's a fantastic defender. And he's a baby. He's like 23. You know, you could have got a 23 year old future defensive stud for a sec two second round picks when you have 800 second round picks. Um, and I understand that he was a restricted free agent. Okay, then pay him. You're giving Al Horford, who's 30 years old. $30 million a year. You don't want to give Nerlens Noel, who's 23, a proven defender, a proven rebounder, can finish at the rim? You don't want to give that guy money? You'd rather lock your, your future into Al Horford? You know, that's on Danny Ainge. And everybody says, oh, he's so smart, and he's so this, and he's so that. I don't, I don't see it right now. You know, if not for Kevin McHale bailing him out um, back in 08, he'd be fired. And I understand the Brooklyn trade. He swindled them. Okay, awesome. You do realize since that trade went down, Brooklyn has more playoff victories than the Boston Celtics. And, yes, Markel Fultz is probably going to be really awesome. And Lonzo Ball is probably going to be awesome. And Josh Jackson is probably going to be awesome. And I get it. They may get those guys. Those guys are going to take three or four years to be good. Isaiah Thomas will be done by then. Al Horford will be done by then. And you're not going to have a squad. I mean, I don't know. I don't like it. Um, so I, you could have locked him in for a reasonable contract. He's a restricted free agent. You can control his destiny. You can check him out for six, for four months. See if you like him. See if he fits your culture. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I, how are you not going to get Nerlens Noel? If you're not going to get Paul George, if you're not going to go get Jimmy Butler, go get Nerlens Noel at least. And it's not just that, um, they're paying Al Horford. They're going to have to pay every Bradley soon. They're going to have to pay Isaiah Thomas soon. They're going to start paying all these players. And you're going to pay them for what? To get 50 wins and not do anything? This was the year Cleveland looked a little vulnerable. I th we're going to talk about them in just a second here. Um, actually, in a couple, in like a minute or two. But, you know, Cleveland does not look good. They don't look good in the playoffs either. Um, I, I expect the Bulls are going to finish off the Celtics. I really do. I think they're probably going to take them in a sweep. 
I don't think they're going to lose in Chicago. United Center has a really good atmosphere. Um, and I like the Bulls. I mean, Rondo's playing really good. Dwayne Wade is playing really good. I mean, they have guys who perform in the playoffs. That's what you want, guys who perform in the playoffs. And you have to – I heard some other guys talking about it. You know, Eddie House said it on just on Speak for Yourself today. I, this is what I kind of thought. I thought the Bulls were like, yeah, let's not play the Cavaliers in the first round. Let's play the Celtics because we match up really awesome with them and we're like a Death Star to their, you know, Alderaan. <laughs> so I look. I think the Bulls are going to finish this off. However, they're not going to get past my dark horse in the East. On my other show, I stated that this was my bold prediction was that I thought the Washington Wizards were going to make it to um, the Eastern Conference Finals. And as we're going to segue right now into the Washington Wizards, we're going to start right there. I love this team. I really do. I like their coach. I feel he was unfairly blamed for Oklahoma City. Scotty Brooks probably should have or should be receiving a lot of consideration for Coach of the Year. Um, they made some really solid moves at the trade deadline to make their bench a little bit stronger. Their bench was pretty junky, just to be fair. Um, but I like it now. They brought they brought on Bogdanovich. You know, he's a he gives him some punch off the board off the bench. Kelly Oubre has been playing a lot better. Hmm. Scotty Brooks seems to develop players. Uh, I like Brandon Jennings off the bench. He's kind of like a mini less version of John Wall, like inefficient, fast point guard, but can make crazy passes. Um, Jason Smith can get you 10 minutes so that your bigs can rest. Like, you're not going to shoot yourself in the, like, hold. you're not going to, oh, my God, we have Jason Smith in there for 10 minutes. You're going to be fine if Jason Smith is giving Marching Gortat uh, a breather. Um, but I love this team. Now, what I really love is their starting five. Like, I newsflash some people forget this some people need to be reminded and some people know this in the playoffs your rotation gets really short there's no more back-to-backs everybody can rest so your starters are playing 40 42 minutes a game unless they're in foul trouble and someone here who witnessed it himself being me sometimes your starters play 48 minutes dwight howard so i mean your starters are going to play a lot more so you don't really need a bench you just need them to not be disastrous for the eight minutes they're giving your starters um, a breather. So their start, their bench players are good. Um, but I love John Wall. I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of the best players in the league, one of the best point guards. Um, I mean, he just he just he plays the game exactly how you would want your point guard to play, in my opinion, in a modern day point guard. Um, I feel like he and John and Scott Brooks, I think they've received unfair criticism. I really do. I mean, I listen to Colin Cowherd a lot, um, and I've been listening to him since like '09. And you know, he kind of jumped on his bandwagon this year. He said, "Oh, he's matured this year, and he turned into a different player." I mean, he's been like this for two, three years now. It's I, it's not John Wall. Why the Wizards haven't been successful? Um, you know, could his shot selection be a little bit better? Okay, yes, it can be a little bit better, but everybody Kobe Bryant's shot selection could have been better you know who am I to say anything um he literally runs faster um with the ball than any other human I've ever seen and he's one of those players he makes his teammates better by his presence on the court um he creates the best shots for his teammates because of his pace and his ability to finish at the rim. I was going to pull this up, and I knew I was forgetting something. Let me see if I can pull this. I'm going to keep talking about this. But everybody that he plays with gets open looks because of the fact that he can finish at the rim. 
Um, Otto Porter has now become one of the, the best three-point shooters in the league. And you know why? Because he has wide open three-point shots. So, And I wonder why they get some. It's not because of Bradley Beal. It's because of John Wall. So, you know, I love John Wall. I think he's fantastic. Um, legit candidate for MVP. I'm trying to pull up here just to see his stats, to see how he finishes at the rim. Um, I want to say it's like high 60s. But I could be wrong. You never know. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, NBA team. Mm-mm. NBA app used to be a lot better and easier to maneuver. All right, well, we'll look it up later on. We'll Instagram it or tweet it out, whatever. Um, so, like I said, I like him. I think he's an unreal point guard. Someone I was not high on with the Wizards is Bradley Beal, and it's not just because he's a Florida Gator. Um, but again, Scott Brooks working his magic. First of all, wherever the, the Bradley Beal voodoo doll was, he found it, and he has it under lock and key and, like, lasers. And the only people who are ever going to be able to get to that doll are, like, Ocean's Eleven because he has not seen that many injuries this year, and he's been pretty healthy, and he's finally put together a good season. I always thought he could shoot, but he this year he's also starting to be more efficient from outside just three. He was always a great three-point shooter. But you can't just be a, re- a great three-point shooter. You have to also finish at the rim. You know, you have to be able to finish at the rim and get easy buckets. So he's done that a lot this year. You know, we're gonna see if he can if he can earn his um his mega pay, his mega deal. You know, I don't think people understand. John, Bradley Beal gets paid more than John Wall, and he's not in John Wall's class. So again, this goes to Scott Brooks keeping everybody together. Say, hey. John, you're going to get I, – I, this is me guessing, but I would, I'm would. i putting myself, if I was a coach and if I was a manager, this is what I would be saying. You're going to get yours, but we need you. You're you're the man on our team. And he is. Clearly, he's the man on this team. Um, let's see. Let's continue here with my notes. One day I'm going to get a bigger computer desk instead of this – little thing I have here so like I said we're gonna see if he earns his deal uh marching Gortat I like him I've always liked him he's you know he's not some world beater but he gives you everything he's got he gives it to you for you every night and you know what you're gonna get with him solid center they have the good Morris twin he's got his head screwed on and Otto Porter has been has become the perfect glue guy great three and D player he shoots well over 40 percent from the three line I mean, they're starting five, like I mentioned. It's one of the best in the league. And they have, at worst, at worst, a top five backcourt. Probably the second best backcourt in the league. Um, I think they're going to make it to the conference finals. I think they're going to do it rather easily. I like their chances against the Atlanta Hawks. You never trust the Hawks. Um, going back to DDL days, hashtag, you know, RIP DDL. And I think they're going to get to the conference finals awaiting the defending champions and the king himself, LeBron James. And let's move on to the Cavs. They're up 2-0. Um, on the Pacers, on the in- oh, <laughs> I made a note of how to say this. The Cavs are up 2-0 on the Indiana 
we're going to lose Paul George Pacers. I don't want to break this series down too much because I don't think the Pacers had a chance, have a chance. They could have won game one. They played okay in game two. Um, by the way, CJ Miles should have passed that ball to Paul George. I don't care anybody says Paul George was open. Superstar players make impossible pl- plays. Regular players don't. That's what makes superstars superstars. They make the shots that you don't think anybody else in the world can make because nobody in the world can make them. The only people who can are superstars. However, um, like I said, this is going to be over five games, maybe four, probably. Um, I don't think it's going to go too long. I do want to touch on one thing, though. The Cavs continue this bad habit from the regular season. They can't defend a lick. They have a bunch of offensive player guys. It's like, oh, great, we have some guys who can shoot. Yeah, but you don't have any guys who can defend. So... I think they'll probably beat the Wizards. I'm pretty sure. I'm like 80-20. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to the Wizards, but I'm not going to call it because I don't think – LeBron James is that good. You know, he's he's arguably the best basketball player ever. Worst second. I mean, he's that good, you know. So, you know, that's all I'm going to say. LeBron is great. So, I think they're going to get there. Uh, The final series out on the East Coast, Milwaukee and Toronto tied. And I'm mad at myself because I didn't have the stones to pick Milwaukee, but I didn't like the Raptors. On paper, they should be better, right? Um, And I have to be honest on one thing here. About midway point of last season, I still wasn't super high on Giannis. Like, everybody was talking about him. I keep looking at his numbers. I'm like, man, he's inefficient. He can't shoot. You know, I don't get it. But... Light clicked on from about halfway point of last season, and this year I've been all in on Giannis. Um, he, I've never seen anybody as long as him, and it's not just a seven foot three wingspan. It's not just that his legs are long. He converts, he covers the court, excuse me, in what seems like five steps. You know, he's a longer version of Grant Hill, and I know some people, you know, they're like, "Oh, Grant Hill." Listen, before Grant Hill's ankle injuries. I mean, this guy was this. This was the next guy. This was the next big thing. He could score. He could pass. He could rebound. He could defend. And what I like about Giannis, he's a burgeoning leader. I like, you know, he's he's taking players under his wing. He's being more aggressive. He's being more assertive. He's demanding the ball. He's also passing the ball. Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, he's make he's making his teammates better. Um, but I like them that their his team is also good, even if he's not playing. I like this team a lot. Um, it's not just him, you know. I'm a Thon Machhed. People aren't saying his name right. It's not Maker. It's Thon Machhed. You know, I'm not from Africa, so go. You know, you figure that out on your own. But that's technically how you say it. He's going to be awesome sooner rather than later. He can defend and protect the paint. Oh, and he can hit a three point shot. So he's like a unicorn. We always talked about unicorns, bigs who can defend the rim and shoot threes. They're popping up all over the world now. So I like uh, I like Thon. Um, I like Chris Middleton, very underrated player, very solid two guard. Um, I think the first game he didn't play really good in the first game. He was a little. I think this, the moment may have been too big, but he looked a lot better in the second game, in my opinion. He looked better. Um, I have to go back and look at the box score to see if he had a better game, but he looked more comfortable. So I like Middleton. I like Monroe off the bench. He gives him some points. You know, he is what he is. He's terrible on defense. Okay, we get it. But, you know, he's really good. He gives you some buckets. Um, 
I liked, you know, when Parker's healthy, he's really good too. You know, and it's not just because he's a dookie, you know. It's I like Jabari Parker. I think he's a really good NBA player. And I think he and Giannis complement each other really well. So when he gets back, this team's gonna be even better, you know, better. And you know, I like Tony Snell. I can't the Bulls let him go for nothing. And I like Tony Snell. He can defend, he's long, athletic, can defend and shoot threes. I mean, what's not to like? I like Brogdon, the rookie. Um, this is a really good team. And to put on top of it, they have a really great coach. I like Jason Kidd. I think he's a really good coach. The only thing that they're missing, I like Delhi as their leader off the bench. I really do. You know, he's scrappy. He knows what it takes to win a title. Um, you know, he can bring that presence and say, hey, this is what we did. This is how he practiced. This is what you need to do. This is how we're going to win. That stuff matters. That stuff really, really matters. This is a game, yes, but it's just like any other business or workplace. You know, if you have a manager who doesn't care, guess what? Your employees aren't going to care. If you have a manager who's intense and takes it serious and coaches and wants everybody to be better, guess what? Your team's going to be successful and be awesome. It's just like that in the NBA, just like that in all sports. If you have players who care and know how to win and show everybody else, this is how we do it. That's how you win. That's how you become successful. And I like Jason Kidd there. I mean, he's one of the best players ever. And he also happens to be a really good coach. So um, I, this team just needs a point guard, a starting point guard. I like Daly off the bench. I would kind of like Eric Bledsoe in there. I'm a big Eric Bledsoe guy. You know, him and Giannis on the fast break turbo charge would be amazing. But we'll see what happens there. Um, if slash when Giannis ever learns to shoot, just, just shut it down. Because this is this is unreal what he does. He's dunking the ball with his feet on the ground. Like people, he has a seven foot three wingspan. A seven foot three wingspan. He's dunking the ball with his feet on the ground. So, you know, I don't know what to do with the with the Raptors though. On paper they had the better team and the more experienced team. I have to wonder if they believe in each other. I really I like Kyle Lowry. A lot, but, you know, everybody who doesn't like him, they've been kind of right. He kind of fades away in the playoffs. And it's just, it is what it is. You know, I, I'm one of those guys, I don't believe, just because you can't do it doesn't mean you're capable of doing it. Of, of, you're incapable of doing it, excuse me. But, man, he just, I don't know. Um, DeRozan can't hit a three. Ibaka's not a rim protector. Is this, is this as far as this team's going to go? I like Casey. They have great fans. I don't know what to do with them. I don't know. I need to see how game three goes. I th I think the Bucks are going to win, but the Raptors always lose game one, and then they win series, ex except against the Cavs. So, I and I believe they can win on the road. This is a team that doesn't have rookies. I mean, they're a veteran team. They know how to. They know what it is. Um, they can win on the road. The question is, will they? Um, we're going to move out west. Uh, Spurs probably going to make short work of the Grizzlies. I like the Grizzlies. They remind me of my youth. Um, but this team is just... You know, having Chandler Parsons injured isn't going to help. I love Conley and Gasol. They need some youth around them. They have a good coach who coaches the right way and says the right things. He made a really great point. I believe it was in game one, and they got the segment of it, when he said, you need to compete. You need to compete. That stuff matters. He's 100% right. 100% right. You still need to compete. This is the playoffs. You cannot lay it down. You've got to compete and give it everything you have, every single position, Every game you have, you're playing in the playoffs. So I like it. I think, you know, if they could just get some type of 
youth, anybody on the wing that can help out Conley and Gasol. Um, you know, it is what it is. They just don't have the horses. So uh, while we're on the subject of the Spurs, let's talk about them real quick. I heard a prominent sports personality, Nick Wright, and I don't usually like what he says, say that we need to slow down on the Kawhi Leonard trade. Why? You know, he was gracious enough to say he's still a top seven player in the world, which is true, but he's actually a little bit higher than number seven. He is better than James Harden. He is better than Russell Westbrook. Are we supposed to forget how he put LeBron in his pocket in the finals a couple years ago? Like, he does have a finals MVP. Only Jerry West has a finals MVP and not win the ring or win the, win the title. So he won. He's got a ring. He was a finals MVP, and he locked down LeBron. He, he leads his team in scoring. He's efficient. He does everything except average, you know, 10, 8, eight assists a game. And based off their system, he's, not, he's never going to do that because it's a passing system anyways. I, I, I'm, I'm, and he's an awesome defender. Did I miss something here? Okay, I don't know. I love Kawhi. I think he's great. I have him, let's see, I have him fourth best player in the world behind LeBron, Steph, and Katie. That's it. And that's only because Katie shut Kawhi down last year when they met in the playoffs. I, that I had to take a step back on Kawhi then, but I'm not putting James Harden and Russell Westbrook ahead of him. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Um, another intriguing matchup out West. Jazz and Clippers are tied. Um, I had the Jazz winning this series originally, and I felt great about it. Then Gobert went down, and I was like, ugh. But then they won game one. And then Chris Paul reminded everyone he's one of the 12, 12 best point guards in the history of the planet we call Earth. Uh, I think the Jazz are going to finish this series. They got three more games at home. They've already shown they can win in L.A. You know, I like their team. I like their coach. The Clippers, man, you don't know what you're going to get. You just don't know. They have some names. They have a coach who has a name. I mean, they have, I don't know. The really sto the, the big story of, of this series is going to be if the Clippers lose, what happens in clip town in the offseason stay tuned uh rockets took a 2-0 lead over the thunder i like the rockets i thought the thunder would play with them tough though i really did uh game one obviously not so much uh game two um i don't know what happened there they were up big well i'll tell you what happened they were up big and then russell westbrook who i love came in and went four of 18 in the fourth quarter that silence that you just heard was Everybody who voted for Russell Westbrook looking like, well, it's a regular season award, which it is, but he still didn't deserve it um, or doesn't deserve it, in my opinion. I have him fourth. Um, now, having said that, I still think the Thunder are probably going to win games three and four in Oklahoma City. It's a great arena. They got really good fans. I like their team. I don't love their team, but I like their team. Um you know, we'll see. It could be one of those, it goes six games, but it's not really that close of a series. Those happen every now and then, i.e. Cavaliers, Raptors last year. Um, but I think it's probably going to be a long series, like I said, but the Rockets and my vote for MVP, James Harden, will probably finish them off. Um, and lastly, um, my pick to win it all, I've been pretty consistent on it, is the Warriors. They're up 2-0 on the Blazers, and this, this series is probably going to be over sooner. But I like what the Blazers are doing. They're not, I mean, I know last time they got walloped, but 
um, without Durant. Yikes. But they played him tough and really in game one. But, I mean, Draymond is doing Draymond things. Um, the biggest thing, and to be honest, this has been the hallmark of this team for the last five years now. And people who really, really, really watch the game know this. And people who just sound like they want to talk about the game always bring up the shooting first. But their defense has been awesome. Again. <clears throat> Lillard and McCollum shot a combined 9 for 34. Ouch. Steph and Clay haven't really started cooking just yet. But Steph, aside from the month of February, has been fantastic all year. Um, this seems to get to the finals. I really do think so, with or without Durant. Um, even if they face the Spurs, Ka Kawhi can't guard both Steph and Clay and Andre Godala and Ian Clark and Draymond Green and, you know, Sean Livingston and, and, and JaVale McGee. Just kidding on the JaVale McGee part. Although he did go 7-for-7 seven seven in Game 2, so JaVale prop finally put it all together there. Um, they should win the title this year. They should have won it last year. They should have been a three-peat, but, you know, things happen, and it is what it is. You got to accept it and move on. But they should really win it this year. They're the best team offensively and defensively. They pass awesome. They shoot awesome. They do everything awesome. There's usually like, you know, teams say you say teams do something average or they do it at a plus. The Warriors do everything at a plus plus. They're awesome. So, yeah. Hashtag Dub Nation. Um, thanks for listening. I'm going to try and do this every two games in a series um, so that, you know, we can kind of stay on top. And two games... It's easier for me to manage and review and watch and because it's just one of me and I do have have a full time job. So um, I'm going to try and do, you know, like I said, every two games, the deeper we go, the easier to be. I could maybe even do every single game. So that way you could probably listen to um, like when I get to the conference finals, that should be really easy. I should be able to have it that you can listen to an episode while you're watching, you know, the next the other the like the East game goes first. You can listen to the East while you're watching the West. So, you know, I'll try and work it out. But thank you for listening. We're trying, like I said, keep this going. Um, it's always going to be a, a day late, but we do appreciate you listening. This has been part of the Prism Network, home of the Proper Blokes podcast and the Disputable Take. You can um, subscribe to the network and get this and the aforementioned podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and um, SoundCloud. Um, we're working on shirts. Now there's another shirt I don't have probably to create. Um, but I, I don't I want to get junky shirts. You know, I want this to be a nice operation. Um, but again, working on trying to get everything copyrighted and locked down, everything trademarked and all that good stuff. So thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening. And um, yeah, we really appreciate it. our numbers are a lot harder and continue to grow. And we really do appreciate you guys following. And like I said, we're going to work on rewards, though. So for those of you say you know, everybody likes to say, I was listening to that band from the beginning. You know, I'd, that'd be kind of cool if I had a shirt that said, if I ever walked around and saw a shirt that said, I've been listening to Prism from the beginning. So um, we're working on that. And just like on the Proper Blokes podcast, I always close it out with a saying, I have one on this one. Remember, pod don't lie. Thanks. <laughs>